Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on today's session. My name is Alistair Barton, Project Director for SWM Partners, an agency that provides events and services to the pharmaceutical industry. I am also a mental health first aider, and in my spare time, I run the show that is Picking at Perfection. Today, we're here to talk a little bit about Christmas now and the festive season. And of course, this is a wonderfully exciting and happy time for the vast majority of us. But unfortunately, that's not the case for everyone. And we're here to shed light on that today, to give a little bit of acknowledgement to it and to talk about how you can help yourself or anybody else that might be considered within this category. So I'm so pleased today to welcome my guest, Helen Pettifer. Helen is a vulnerability and mental health expert. Helen, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome, Alistair. Really looking forward to this discussion. Absolutely. Same, same. And now I think let's just start by talking about Christmas last year. So certainly for me, Helen, I know you you kind of share this opinion to me as well. Last year, especially in the UK, we were hit with restrictions on our Christmas and our festive period at the very kind of last minute. So for me, looking back, I definitely acknowledge that my Christmas day and maybe my entire Christmas period didn't quite meet my expectations or live up to certainly what I was planning. Um, as I said, those restrictions kind of came in quite last minute. Um, so we did do a full U-turn on our plans uh, and not go for sort of the full festive family deal that we normally go in for. But this year, I'm kind of bringing some of those things that I did on my own into my actual Christmas and festive period kind of traditions um, and kind of scaling back because I've learned that it was actually more beneficial to take a little bit of time just to my immediate family rather than rushing around. What was kind of your experience last year? Yeah, probably similar to you, although we made as a family, we made a decision probably two, three weeks prior to to Boris's announcement that actually we were just going to stay put in our own homes and, and just have a Zoom catch up on Christmas Day afternoon. Um, and actually, it was, I, I feel really guilty saying this, but I actually really enjoyed it because um, my parents live in Bognor Regis. It's, you know, it's two and a half hours from where we live. And, you know, you have to get up, early, not early, but you have to get up and get up and out on the road on Christmas Day to go and see them. And it was so nice to just have that leisurely morning. And, and my mum cooks the roast turkey and, and the, the, the Christmas lunch. And it was so nice for me to go shopping and to be actually able to, to do it myself, because it's very rare that I do that. So it, it ended up being a really nice and relaxed Christmas where we could do whatever we wanted to do. So um, I secretly, shh, don't tell my mum, but I actually really <laughs> enjoyed it. <laughs> so... I'm the absolute same. And I had to have not an awkward, but I would say difficult conversation with my sort of family about saying, you know, we're going to take a step back a little bit because I'm the same. My family is sort of an hour away. And just that stress of kind of doing that on the Christmas day and making the round trip, I, I didn't sort of need it. Um, so we've made sort of alternate plans to see them, but the Christmas day is sort of staying low key. Um, so putting that in a sort of general context, I think maybe this year, perhaps lots of people do you think are facing pressure to kind of make up for maybe what they felt they missed out on last year? Yeah, definitely. And and I think we're seeing that in, um, you know, that there have been Christmas parties, there have been people who are you know, going to town with with Christmas and, and actually just driving around, you can see that a lot more houses have, have put lights up this year. Um, I know that there was a significant increase last year, but I've just noticed that actually there's a lot more houses just in my area where, where they've sort of gone to town with the Christmas lights. And I think I think we all do need cheering up. I think we all expected COVID to probably 
um, hit the nail on its head this year. And of course, we find ourselves in a very similar position now to, to what we were last year. But I do think that people will be celebrating more. They will be sort of wanting to spend time with their loved ones because they missed that that Christmas last year. Um, yeah, definitely. Hmm. And I think on sort of a similar level as well, maybe on, well, on the opposite end of the, the spectrum, perhaps people are facing perhaps a bit of anxiety and pressure to almost kind of meet up to go to these social gatherings, but maybe not feeling comfortable in doing so based on the circumstances. Yeah, and, and I've I've done that this week, actually. I mean, I had lots of um, lunches and coffees and that planned with people just as a way of catching up with people before the end of the year. But but we've booked a cottage, so we're going away next week for, for Christmas. And I was just kind of thinking, actually, I don't want to to become ill or, or have anything, you know, even if it's not COVID, but actually you have a greater chance of picking up maybe colds and, and stomach bugs and that because we've we've isolated so much or all our immune systems mm. are, are low. And I thought, actually, I don't want to jeopardise Christmas. And and I postponed everyone to the new year and everyone's been really, you know, kind and, and understanding about that. Um, but it's it's, I think, sort of the last few days, there's been a lot more anxiety and sort of actually what's going to happen. Are, are we going to have Christmas? Are we not going to have Christmas? So I think mm. I think there's a lot of people that might be feeling quite stressed and under pressure now. Yeah, definitely. Especially with the news, of course, as well about the, the new variant and things. It's kind of a, a troubling time we live in. And uh, so what kind of would be the best advice on how someone can solve or kind of manage that anxiety, do you think, in your experience? I think it's, it's, it's keeping in touch with people, letting people know your expectations understanding their expectations just being open and honest and, and just think actually do you know what we need to do what's right for us as you know as individuals and as a family um so i made the decision actually that we were just going to book a cottage um and and just sort of get away and have a have a complete break um and we're only going 20 minutes up the road it's it's still in buckinghamshire but it's the whole fact of actually we're just sort of taking ourselves away from from the norm and um but it is it is just being open and, and sort of letting people know, actually, do you know what? I don't feel comfortable with this. It was a brave thing of me to sort of message everyone this week and say, actually, do you know what? I don't feel comfortable meeting because I, you know, I need to keep us all safe. Um, it's it's managing expectations. And I guess, I mean, I know you've got your podcast on on perfection and that. And I think we often need to come away from actually what is the perfect Christmas? We're not living in these movie times you know we're not living in the home alone house you know which is all perfect and it's snow on the ground and you know six eight foot christmas tree but you know actually we can make our own little perfect christmas and everyone's christmas is going to be different but we need to sort of manage those expectations both as families and as a society of what christmas looks like um mm. and, and then sort of you know be happy with with the christmas that we have and who we spend it with yeah, definitely. As much as I would love to own and live in the home loan house, I, I know that it's not going to happen. And do you know, I think it was available to rent for one yes, night. Yes, I did read that actually, and I thought, <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> on Airbnb. Yeah, no, I did see that as well. And what you've said there is really timely as well. We've actually got a question come in already in the comments. So, um, for anyone who didn't see that announcement at the start, feel free to type any questions you've got in the comments of the the LinkedIn Live. But someone is asking, do you have any advice for someone putting themselves under too much pressure? over the Christmas and the festive season. I think that really links into what you were just saying about the the perfect kind of expectations. And I always say that, um, you know, objects, things and days aren't really perfect. It's more about kind of making perfect moments. 
um, and kind of stepping away from, like you say there, the media, social media, the expectations that are put through us through, you know, films and things like that, accepting that that's not quite the most realistic um, expectation and portrayal of what Christmas is, it is important. And sort of using your own mild stick and judgment to decide what is perfect and what is good and, and what will be a great Christmas for you. Um, and balancing everyone else's expectations, of course, and trying to find some middle ground would be um, a good response to that, I think. Yeah, definitely. And 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 think about what what makes you happy. I think sometimes we're and I, and I completely hold my hands up to this. I think, especially being a mum and being a wife and and being a daughter, we're we're focused on actually making sure that everyone else is happy. Mm. And actually, sometimes we don't stop and think actually what's going to make me happy. So. Um, so I said about sort of we've got this cottage and actually I, I took a very selfish stand sort of back in September, October. And I thought, actually, do you know what? I'm just going to book a cottage. I'm going to take my boys away. We didn't really have the, the Christmas last year. And and if anyone wants to join us, they can. If they don't, that's fine. But this is what I'm doing. Um, so it was quite a selfish and, and sort of something that I've never done before is actually sort of put me first. Um, and and it's all fallen into place. Everybody, everyone's sort of kind of think, actually, that's a lovely idea. We'll see you on Christmas Day and we'll see you on Boxing Day. And and so for me, taking that selfish step, I was worried about it, but it has all just washed out in, in the mm. wash and, and everybody's plans have kind of fitted around me for the first time ever. <laughs> it does sound selfish, but it's going to be a great Christmas because I made that decision back in sort of September, October. I think there's kind of a negative perception of being selfish, isn't there? But sometimes it is the most, you know, safe and positive thing you can do for yourself. And um, linking back to sort of what we talked about anxiety there, you know, anxiety kind of comes from fear and fear can be, you know, of the the unknown. And I think what you're saying there about communicating and just setting your expectations with your your friends, your family, whoever you're kind of seeing is a good idea. Um, certainly something that we do within events at SWM as part of our COVID safe kind of protocol. We've got just these really simple colored bands, like a traffic light system of red, amber and green. And people can just take those and wear whichever they feel comfortable um, or whichever they, they want to wear and sort of put the message out there plainly and clearly without having any kind of awkward conversation about how much physical contact they're comfortable with at this time, um, which I think has, has worked really well. That's a lovely idea. I do like that idea. It saves the kind of awkward conversation as well, because everyone's on a unified system. You don't have to do the awkward, do you want to hug? Do you want to shake kind of situation? Um, so yeah, it, it's really helped. And and something in the, the mental health first aid um, course as well that I know we've both done really emphasizes rest, nutrition, exercise, all of which can definitely uh, be on the low scale at, at Christmas and this time of year. But remembering that those things are crucial to our, our mental health as well as our physical wellness as well and also as well thinking about our emotions as well um I mean I you know I've been working with a therapist this year purely because I mean that the, the job I do I'm you know talking about you know difficult subjects quite a lot so actually I need to, to sort of have somebody to to sort of debrief with so I've I've sort of um catch up with a therapist quite regularly and she's very much focusing on on our feelings and um, because the feelings lead to our thoughts so again sort of sometimes if you, if you don't know what's going on in in, in your world in, in your um experience or, or how you're feeling just sit down quietly and just think actually what, what am I feeling you know am I feeling anxious am I feeling fear am I feeling sad you know am I 
you know, just depressed, you know, think about where that, what you're feeling and, and then sort of come to terms with actually, it's okay to feel like this. Um, it doesn't define me, you know, I'm, I'm Helen and I'm feeling sad today. I'm Helen and I'm feeling, you know, a little bit afraid today. You know, we both admitted before we came online that actually we're quite nervous about this. <laughs> you know, both our first experience. But, but sort of admitting that and owning that mm. um, helps to then, you know, sort of dr drive the, the change in the thoughts. Um, because I think if, sometimes if we don't really focus on the emotions, the, the thoughts really can take control uh, and then we're on a downward spiral. Mm, absolutely and I think we live in such a fast-paced world now that there's not those moments that we we stop and sort of take note of how we're feeling as well so I think that's that's definitely important all round, and not just mm. this kind of um time of year as well yeah so we've been a bit selfish and talked about how we can help ourselves um but obviously there's a whole world around us and supporting other people is important to this conversation as well so I've just put an image up on the screen here of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and I think some may be familiar with this it's quite a popular model to talk about um, the needs of humans and how to sort of feel fulfilled and safe in life and with the sort of limited time we have today we're only going to focus on the bottom three which is sort of a, a foundation of which confidence um, and the fulfilled life is kind of built for many individuals so let's start from the bottom with the, the foundation. So we've got physiological there, which I guess, Helen, is the kind of physical things that we need, um, sort of food, clothes, water, that kind of thing. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, these are these are the, are the things that as humans we have we have a right to have access to. We have a right to have fresh drinking water. We have a right to, to you know, have enough food to eat, to, to feel warm, to have clothes. Um, so, so these are, you know, sort of fundamental to our, to our life, really, before you even think about anything else, we, we need to have those to, to maintain a healthy life. Um, and of course, you know, sort of thinking about other people, I mean, we can see just, you know, just looking at social media and that people who are going without people, you know, look at people who are homeless, people who can't afford to put food on the table, we've seen a significant increase in people accessing food banks. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of work being um, around um, fuel poverty, people who can't, you know, making that difficult to decision on heat or eat. Um, you know, do they put food on the table or do they put the heating on because they can't afford both? Um, mm. So, again, it's it's, you know, it's, my, it's worth being mindful of, of what people may be experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. Important for our own needs and also acknowledging other people's needs are, are kind of built on this as well. So, I mean, especially at this time of year, what can people do to kind of support that that basic need for, for other people, do you think? I think just checking in. I mean, if you can, if you can donate, I mean, we've still got a week to go. If you can donate in um, all supermarkets, I think, have a bucket at the end of the tills for, for things for food banks. Um, you know, whatever you can do, can you financially donate can you physically donate your time or your skills or something to, to help these people or if you just see someone out on the street who looks as if they just might need a warm drink and a, and a warm meal you know can you just sort of sit with them and, and buy them a meal I remember a few times I've just you know bought homeless people a meal and sat on the bench and chatted with them you know just mm. help them to feel visible um just chat with them and, and just acknowledge that they're around and that they're that they have a life and yeah. you know that's that's a big thing that you can do is giving somebody your time. Mm, no, that's really admirable. And um, certainly, again, sort of drawing on my corporate experience and event experience, um, something that we do at SWM Partners for events when we do have them in person, 
when we sort of work with a hotel and I know there's probably a lot of event planners listening there's there's lots of those in my network but even for sort of business leaders listening consider for your next event um, be that your Christmas party or anything you're planning in the new year if there is sort of food arrangements partner with the hotel to see if they can partner with you know a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen something along those lines and donate any of the leftover food um, over to them um, to help those people and, and fill that need and, and reduce some anxiety for those individuals. Um, and, you know, plus that's a huge benefit to the environment as well with reducing food waste. So it's a double kind of negative there. Yeah, and I had another good, um, uh, one of my um, connections on LinkedIn shared a post, I think last week, um, as an organisation, they were joining forces with a charity that provide um, pyjamas for children. Um, oh, and I think nice. as an organisation, they collected just just under 200 pairs of pajamas for children and, and added that to um you know that the charities um, you know bulk as well and actually they they were able to to give children who may not have any pajamas something Brilliant. something warm and comfy to sleep in and that that, that is theirs ultimately mm. it's just the simple things isn't it that, mm. that can go a long way like the yeah. yeah i mean clothing's down on there so it's just the the simple needs that can make a big difference to someone's overall health um, and then the, the next line we have just above that is safety needs. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing everyone kind of needs to feel safe to sort of be productive and, and to function. What, what kind of else is worth considering for safety there, Helen? I think I think it's worth being mindful. I know a, sort of a lot of the discussions I'm um, party to and, and have been participating in uh, have been talking a lot about work culture and actually helping employees to feel safe. And they're having a lot more difficult conversations with customers um you know customers are far more aggressive far more um angry um and there are a, lo a lot of customers who are sort of feeling on the edge and that maybe um they don't want to carry on with their life so, so these are staff members who are you know potentially working from home they're in their own home taking these kind of conversations so it's it's important that they feel safe they feel supported they feel um that somebody in the organization cares for them actually they're, they're able to, to share when they are struggling there's an open and transparent environment um, for them to actually be confident to share actually do you know what I'm, I'm having a difficult day today mm, definitely no I agree an open and sort of honest um, or certainly encouragement of, of open and honest conversations is, is definitely a positive way um, for employees especially uh, you know working at home everybody's a little bit more isolated um, and sort of maybe feels a little bit more alone even though everyone's contactable you know via uh, technology means it still doesn't feel quite the same does it um, and I think building on sort of safety um, or certainly mental mental safety in the working environment I think encouraging employees to you know take the day off on Christmas and not worry about what else is going on and just take a, a completely offline kind of day is a good encouragement because all of those things sort of reduce stress um etc and can be beneficial for the workforce definitely definitely and then we've got the, the my personal favorite certainly at the top there certainly of this section we're discussing which is love and belonging um and i think this this comes from um tribe mindset from the sort of very early days of when the sort of human race was was just developing is that correct helen yes yeah that, that it was safety in numbers wasn't it that actually you needed to be in a tribe to be safe yeah definitely absolutely so yeah, and I think this is this is important isn't it completely so the feeling part of sort of a wider purpose or goal or aim is kind of a good way to encourage people um to feel that belonging I think would you agree yeah definitely and, and I think um you know this is where we need to be mindful of people who 
um, may be living on their own, they may be lonely, um, they may be isolated, whether that's geographically located, they're in a rural location, or whether they are just isolated because they don't have any family around them, they, they, their support network isn't there. Um, I, I've always, I always share this fact in my training course because I think it's really powerful. Um, Age UK um, share a, a fact that um, loneliness is as bad for our physical health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It oh, wow. really does impact us, um, you know, people who are lonely. So again, you know, check in with, with elderly neighbours, check in with people that you know um, can't get out and about or they don't have that support network around them. Uh, and just double check that they're, that they're okay, um, you know, and and I'm very much a hugger um, and I and I've sort of felt that, you know, sort of these last two years has been really difficult because actually I can't hug anyone. <laughs> so, of course, I think we also need that physical contact as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's 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 even more important to just check in with people and just sort of say, you know, how are you doing? You mm. know, is there anything you need? Can I sit with you? Can I listen to you? Um, you know, can I, can I just be here with you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think overall just having sort of an inclusive culture at work, making sure everyone feels involved, no matter what, you know, their background or whatever they might be sort of mm -hmm. be going through or experience, I think is um, kind of important and key there. Definitely, definitely. And you kind of touched upon it briefly there, um, but certainly in your kind of philosophy, I know connection is mentioned maybe further up the, the hierarchy, but you talked about physical connection and sort of connecting with people, um, making relationships and conversations and things like that. But you feel this should maybe become a little bit lower down the hierarchy and be more of a foundation in your philosophy. Do you want to talk us through that, Helen? Yeah, I, I do, because I think sort of I think that tribe mindset and that connection is is fundamental to our well-being and I think it really does sort of need to come right down at the bottom and, and we need we need human interaction probably just as much as we need the air that we breathe and the water that we need to drink so um, it is all about connecting with people um, and and I and I talk about sort of um, in my training how we've um, sort of I'm coming back to customer service but how we've morphed from um, from sort of like the 1980s to about 2000, it was a customer service era. And then it morphed into sort of customer experience era. I think now we're definitely in the human experience era. We need to be connecting with people human to human um, on that human level, just, you know, understanding what they're experiencing, how we can help, um, how we can support them. Um, in whatever they're experiencing, helping them to, um, because obviously the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs is all about motivation mm. um, and, and sort of helping people to become the, the person that they're meant to be. Um, and I, if they haven't got those fundamentals at the bottom, then they can't move up to the next level and become and become that person that, that you know, they should be um, and that they should be growing into to being. Um, so we need to be helping people to go up these levels to help them to sort of feel connected, have all the fundamentals in place, um, feel safe um, and and belong wherever mm. that may be, whether that's in a community group, whether that's in a work environment, a team group. Um, you know, we're both members of Toastmasters. So again, it's, you know, that's that's a little community. Mm. But, you know, we need to connect and belong in that group. Yeah. And I think it's important to acknowledge that this is kind of, you know, almost like a funnel because you can't have one without the other. You have to go, like you say, build level upon level to get that full sort of functioning um, mindset. And like you say, the the motivation. And 
what you're saying there about connection really speaks to me because obviously I'm an event planner and for me the you know the core purpose of having an event and bringing people together is connection it is relationships um it is that sort of networking getting to know people and it's always more productive in person um of course not entirely always possible at the moment with the the climate but these sort of online solutions they're a good kind of replica but they're not quite as you say fully up to scratch of providing that in-person connection um, and fulfilling that need there. Definitely. So we've had quite a few questions come in. So I think we can take an opportunity to address some of these. So um, how do you deal with your issue not being important enough to communicate? And in addition, knowing family members or friends might not understand where you are coming from. Do you want to comment first, Helen? Yeah, I mean, that is a, that is a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think we've all got that fear that actually we're going to offend or upset um, family members. But I was I was quite surprised when I sort of told everyone I'm, I'm, I'm booking this cottage. No, no one was upset. Um, and and everyone just oh, OK, you know, so it's, a, you know, can we still see you? Can we not still mm. see you? Um, so sometimes it is you, you might need to step out of that comfort zone because actually other people might be feeling exactly the same and no one wants to have that initial conversation that and especially around Christmas actually you know everyone is worried about offending somebody because everyone wants to do what they want to do mm. um and and whilst we do want to see each other at Christmas actually maybe does it have to be Christmas day could you do Christmas day a different day um and um it's 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 starting that conversation and maybe just approach it you know by sort of saying you know can can we talk about Christmas because I've got some thoughts and I'd like to discuss them with you and see what you what you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, sort of be be open to and and pick up on how that individual is feeling um, and, and try and come to sort of some um, a place in the middle where where everyone feels that they're going to be looked after and they're going to be seen on Christmas Day and they're going to be with their loved ones. But it's in a place that actually everyone wants to do what they want to do I probably Mm. haven't described that very well but um, no no I I completely get your vibe I think it's all about um, for those conversations like active listening like you're saying everyone's got kind of their motive to get across um, and finding some middle ground Um, and I think sort of if it if it's voicing sort of um, things like anxiety or you know any kind of uh, mental health sort of issue you know, it affects more people than than we think. It's kind of the statistics, I think, are one in four people are sort of likely to suffer in their life. So, you know, it's all about having conversations and being open and honest, um, you know, like like sessions here, like conversations with your family. Um, and, and what I would say as well, mental health is sort of um, a scale or a continuum and we all fall at different points along that scale at, at different times in our life. Um, and it's sort of the tricky guess is prevention and, and maintenance. Um, and also acknowledging that everyone kind of has has bad days. But if those bad days are outnumbering the good, I think that's when it's time to sort of have conversations um, and, and seek sort of professional help. And I think as well, focus on 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 you in the conversation. So again, it comes back to that assertive communication is actually, you know, I I feel that I'd like to do this this year. You know, mm. how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? Um, but sort of explore the options rather than just sort of go in I mean I probably did go in and sort of say this is what I'm doing it it worked for me but it might not work for everybody but sometimes you might just need to have that exploratory conversation and just say look you know I have concerns over Christmas or I have concerns or you know 
I want to keep everybody happy and, and I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. Can we talk about it? Mm, absolutely. No sound advice. And uh, we've got another question, actually, and this is really good along the similar lines of communication, but maybe on the opposite side of the scale. So we've talked about how we can talk. Um, but how can we start a conversation with someone we know is struggling? I know you'll have some great advice on that. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how many of the, the, the listeners um, will be aware of Ask Twice um, as, a, as a tool. So especially if it's somebody that you really know, you can see that maybe their behaviour has changed, their, their appearance has changed. You may be picking up on something in, in, in them that has, has changed that they, they might be struggling. Um, just check in with them, check in with them twice and just sort of, you know, we ask the question in passing, don't mean how are you doing? How are you? Um, and we kind of automatically give the response, yeah, I'm fine. Um, and then we kind of feel that we should go on our separate ways again because we've had that interaction and off we go again. But actually, if you really do know that actually they're not fine, they're not doing okay, um, pause, stop and just go, how are you really doing? Mm. You know, are you really okay? you know, let, let's chat, you know, and, and again, sort of by, by taking that time and checking it, you may even need to check in a third time, you know, if you're still feeling actually, you know, you know, let, you know, I can tell that something's, something's up, you know, I'm here to help, you know, how are you really doing? So yeah, ask twice, I think is, is the, the name of the tool, just check in with somebody and, and, um, and sort of try and try and start that conversation with them. And if, if you feel that they're not ready that time, keep the door open and just sort of say actually you know might not be a good time for you to chat now but you mm. know where I am if you need to amazing sound advice thank you so much Helen well I see we're just coming up to time um so quick, <laughs> the, I know <laughs> so if you've enjoyed today's session um you can listen on demand we've both got a podcast so you can find Helen at unlocking vulnerability lots of great interviews there lots of great guest stars as well um, and I'm at picking at perfection if any of the event management or perfection conversations has sparked your interest do join us next time as well. We've got another session coming up in January, all about finding your career path and fulfillment in the workplace with the wonderful Lorna. So do tune in for that if you are available. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who joined today. I hope it was an insightful session. And thank you so much, Helen, for your time today. It's been a real pleasure to chat as always. Um, your expertise and enthusiasm, it always shines really bright and through. So thank you so oh, much for that. We appreciate it. You're very welcome. It. Thanks for inviting me. No worries. Have a, a very safe and happy Christmas, everyone, and a good rest of the day. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, fellow imperfectionist. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope it has inspired you to get closer to your true purpose in life. If you have a question, thoughts on this episode, or suggestions of topics, or even future guests, I would love to hear from you. Visit pickingupperfection.com slash participate. You can also follow me on my socials, Instagram, LinkedIn, and even contact me via email. Links for all of this are in the show notes. See you next time.